welcome to Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh. Welcome to this week's weekly roundup. So this all came up because we were talking about 40 Deuce that's now in Ohio. Yeah. There's a lot of like backstory to 40 Deuce. Basically, Ivan Kane is this club. What do I call him? He's like just iconic. Like people know he Ivan Kane's clubs. Everyone knew about them for like decades. So he, is that an Ohio thing? Or you mean just like no, an I mean in Hollywood. Hollywood specifically, not necessarily Vegas or New York. He did have a Vegas 40 deuce, but that came later. So back in like the 2000s, he had this club called Deep and it was on the corner of Vine and Hollywood. Like, like that's where all the, yeah, the thick of like the walk, like the stars on the sidewalk, everything. And Deep, there's a scene in Ocean's Eleven, the very first Ocean's movie, where Brad Pitt is in a club and they're playing like this underground poker game. Okay. And Deep is where they shot that move that that scene in the film. And basically it was one of these clubs that there's a line you can't get in, you have to be famous, whatever, back in its heyday. And Ivan Kane owned this club and they had these rooms above the bar. Yes, my love. Rooms above the bar that had this, this um, two-sided mirror where if there was no light on behind it, it would look like a mirror. And when the light turns on inside the room, you can suddenly see what's in the room. And okay. that's where we would do our go-go dancing sets, basically. Okay, I love this. So you worked there. I did. I did. I worked there at the very tail end of Ivan Kane owning that club. And backstory, backstory, my friend Carolina Sarasola was the star of 40 Do. So I knew all those girls. We were in the same like social circle. So when he sold deep, the bean is like doing everything in this room. When... <laughs> when he sold deep, he opened 40 Deuce Hollywood. And it was a tiny little club, little tiny bathroom. The dressing room was a closet, like an actual closet. I feel like those are the best places to go and visit because they feel a little crazy divish. But as a performer, does it just feel like insanity to work at a place? No, like that? it was it was such it was such a little jewel of a place and it was packed and there was no space. And the whole how do I explain this? Like the, the bar, the whole bar was a stage. And then there was a band in the back and like a bead wall so they could hang on stuff. Carolina Sarasola, she's like our age, but she was like the, the quote unquote famous dancer there. And she would do, um, she also danced for like U2, would just have her on as like a, a guest star just to do her burlesque set. And so with the Jimmy Kimmel show, like she did so much of that. And she's a friend of mine. Like in the heyday of it, there was a reality show, celebrities there every night. He opened a cafe in Hollywood as well. And then he opened 40 Deuce Las Vegas at Mandalay Bay. And so it was happening for a while. It was like a good 10 year stretch of Ivan Kane's clubs. And then... Almost every girl dancer that I danced with has danced for him here in LA, who is like my age group. That's amazing. But then 
Ivan Kane and his wife, Susie, I hadn't heard from them in a long time. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, they opened Ivan Kane's 40 Deuce at Easton in Columbus. It's so crazy that it's there now. Like that is so yeah. weird. And so, and so you would imagine my surprise after like what I, what I remember. And then of course I know Columbus and you know, that central Ohio area. And so this is where me and Kelly got into the conversation of, how these art forms and how dancers and even strippers are are viewed differently depending on where it is, depending on the audience, depending on, hey, calm down, my little love. It's okay. You know, it, it really depends. And we got into this conversation last night, Kel, about how presenting certain art forms or certain dance forms in different places has a completely different vibe. It has a completely different outcome. It's so strange to me, but I feel like even talking through this, like it makes sense. I'd love to know what it's like at Easton. If it is a little bit more like has a different feel and is a little more high class because of the background coming from LA, him being well-known, Vine Street. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if the one... Because that's not the one I've been to. (laughs) Like, I'm wondering if that one has a different vibe. He's in such a place where people don't care about those things. It's weird. Like, I I, I kind of am wondering if that that LA appeal even helps in Newark. I mean, in Columbus. Because there's something about, like, putting a burlesque show where girls are just shaking their booties and their, and their boobs. And it kind of like doesn't have the same classiness that it does in LA, even though it's the exact same no, thing. 1 million percent. And I don't know why, like, can you, can I explain that to myself? I know I can't even find the words to explain why that's true. It's 100% true. I feel like, like the show that I did that you came to see would be so much less high class in if we did it in Ohio, I just don't know why. So I think in LA, it's an art and it is a performance and there's work behind it. But I wonder if New York City feels different too, because it's kind of like a performance, you know what I mean? Like a city where there's, or Vegas. I'm sure that Vegas feels a little bit more artsy and performy than Ohio. I think it really depends on the big cities. Like we had said last night, I really feel like you have such a range of what the city offers. So you can be in the diviest, creepiest place. And then right next door, it can be like super nice and classy and different vibe altogether. Right. Here's another example. I was thinking about this this morning before we jumped on because I was so excited. This Korean movie was coming out. This was years ago. It's called The Handmaiden. It is a Korean film. The trailer trailer is just so striking to me. I love the music and the story and the visuals. I was so excited for this movie to come out. It's in subtitles, whatever. So I went to this movie theater that plays more of the art films. And I went to it. Yeah. Went to like a one o'clock showing of this movie in my like neighborhood north hollywood and i was really enjoying the film and i was in the back row and then at some point during the film i look around and i look who's there dude i was so grossed out it was a bunch of old white men oh my gosh i was so grossed out it it was like it was like 
I felt like I was there and I'm not saying all older white men are predators. <laughs> I am not saying that FYI. Not what, saying. not what I'm saying, but I felt like there was a predator in that room. Isn't that crazy? Because that movie where I lived attracted that audience. Right. So it doesn't matter how amazing the film is. It doesn't matter the awards it gets. It doesn't matter a bunch of old white men who were into like lesbian, Asian, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We're sitting there watching the movie. There's one reason they were there. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't for the art, art portion of the film, which is why I was there. Right. Right. I literally waited till everyone left before I got up to leave. That is how I felt. I felt like I was slightly in danger. Isn't that crazy? Is that crazy? Okay, listen. So this leads me to one more question. And then, but like being in the burlesque show, because listen, it was definitely a performance. It was beautiful. um, All the things. But did you ever feel weird leaving there? No. No. It wasn't, it wasn't that same feeling that I always got, you know, maybe performing in other places, like being at the Sayers Club with all those girls. No, it felt like it was just the right mix, the right type of people watching. You know, it's a club in LA. People are a hot mess everywhere. Right. But they were a hot mess in like the right way. (laughs) Oh no. I don't know. I'm not in the right way. That's a little yeah. bit of a great way to explain LA. The next time I visit Columbus and hopefully see you and, you know, maybe have a greener grass tour of some type. Uh, we, that would be so, we have to do that. In- we, we should probably go. Yeah. But yeah. So we got into this conversation about how all of this comes together. And then Kelly had a great story for me. Yeah. The other day. I know I did. I did. Listen, I love that the topics, like we think we're going in for one topic and then we end up- Oh yeah. We want to talk about mom fails and then we end up talking about strip clubs, LA versus Ohio. I mean, are they related? No, but that's where we went and we're not going to apologize for it. We're just going to- No, we're we're real. We go with what, what where our heads are at. We can't help it. Anyway, okay. So my point about the strip club is- these girls were amazing. Like, oh, they were like on the, they were like all the way up on the top of the pool, spinning, doing leg things. They had the whole circle. I'm not going to say it right, but the circle ring things, they were doing all the things, aerial type things. Uh huh. Now, listen, I'm not saying, um, that there were some less talented because of course there are of course there's always a uh, range there were some that were not as talented as some of the other girls sure i was watching from a talent perspective and even taking in like wow she's amazing she's got it going on she has such strength okay so listen i think columbus versus la LA, I think that you're going for the music, the performance, the in LA too, I'm sure that you have professional dancers, professional aerialists. Yeah, you got both for sure. 
opposed to Columbus, I feel like it's probably a little bit more of a mixed bag. But I think Columbus, Columbus's clientele doesn't, because I came to watch your burlesque show. Mm -hmm. I think the clientele is two totally different groups. I think the clientele in LA Hollywood is going to see the show for sure. It's not like they are not excited to see some booty booty, but they know the like performance concept art. It's like kind of cool where I like in Columbus. It's seems a little bit, I hate to use the word trashy, but it's, it's not as respectable. It's not like a performance. It's, it's like, not as respected. So what you're saying is it's it's like the, the the audience is different. Makes which makes everything different. Yes. I for sure. And 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 this is just my perspective, so it means not a whole lot, but I feel like going to the vibe in LA and we're only specifically talking about the show that I came to. That is a performance. That was a performance for you. That was a gig, a performance. Yeah. I feel like in Columbus, they're like trying to get a lap dance so they can make an extra 30 bucks. It feels a little bit more um, transactional. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Like they're trying to get as many transactions in the evening as they can. Which I'm sure is that way for a lot of strip clubs. But well, even Forty Deuce in in Hollywood, when the heyday of what that was, um, and I can look up some some pictures and video to put up. Um, there, there were there was tipping, so it's it's not that dancers wouldn't get tipped, but it is a different vibe altogether because they're getting tipped by like Owen Wilson, you know. Like, Right. There's celebrities in the room and there's people spending $10,000 on a table. It yeah, listen, it makes I, everything elevated because it's just like, you know what I'm saying? I need to think about how like how I really feel about this, but I'm like all about helping people and as a person in a bad way sometimes, but I feel like sometimes when I was sitting there, I was thinking that girl is going to that room with that guy who wasn't like who she wanted to be with. And she's probably going to make 20 bucks from it. And I felt bad. Like I felt bad, like one in her heart, she can't want to do that. And two, like, why does she think this is the only thing that she can do where when I'm in Hollywood and I watch you guys dance, I see it as a performance and I see it as, counts and dancing and a gig and a job another although I do have to give a little bit of contrast because the two strip clubs that I've been to here in LA yeah were the type that you are like whoa I've just entered another world and it is so nasty and creepy and not a performance like it's like so I could, I can't say because I was comparing Columbus to L.A. I bet L.A. is more open to all things, a little darker, a little crazier when you're in a real deal strip club. Yeah, I feel like 
Okay. Number one, one of them that I went to was like on a Tuesday night in North Hollywood, not even close to where all the regular businesses are like, like North. (laughs) And it's like, there was like green carpet that had been there for so long. And there were these women. One was like, God, am I making this up? Either just like, was she pregnant? I don't know. But like, like you could tell, like she wasn't really performing and she was just there to like make her weekly money. Yeah. I I don't know. I can't remember. And I think that might just sound sensationalized, but um, there was one really great one, but the rest of them, it it was like, it was kind of terrible dance wise. And then also what I still hated about that is that when the guys crumpled up their $1 bills and threw them on the, the little platform, yeah. They need to collect it themselves before going off stage. Like, why can't you have one of the waitresses do it or who has, yeah, who's fully clothed? I know. So, listen, that feels very similar. Like, why does the stripper have to collect her, you know, $17 in ones? That right. kills me. Right. That kills me. Oh my God. I haven't been to a strip club in a long time. There is one in LA that is famous for like being really good and I haven't been to it. I also haven't been out anywhere in like two years. So it's like, I kind of out of it, but did you see the movie, uh, JLo's movie? I did not. Hustlers. Really good. Maybe I'll watch it before we do the intro and outtake of that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's a good movie to watch because it kind of, um, displays the that sense of desperation and the reason why a stripper would choose to do what she does and and like kind of the thought process behind it and why it would make sense to that person yeah 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 i'll have to go and listen to it um okay so let's i wanted to go to the mom fails have you thought about this since i talked to you about my mom fail the other day i actually have (laughs) did you come up did you remember a lot of your own mom fails over the years yeah I mean I'm I'm sure that as we talk I'll even think about more um I mean partially I had children younger and so I think a lot of things that I did or I thought like I was the only one having kids and so Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of things felt like fails because I was like figuring it out completely on my own yeah. Um, I did love that my kids went to preschool and you had to pack extra clothes, like it, because it was kind of a time of potty training. And so you yeah. would have, or like even if they just like got wet during lunch or whatever. And one time when I picked them up and it was probably Cameron or Kenzie's cubby, there was a baggie and it had a pair of my panties in the baggie. And written on the baggie and marker, it said, I think you accidentally packed these. <laughs> and there were like just a pair of my underwear that I packed in my like <laughs> children's, like it was between the shorts and the shirt, or you know what I mean? Right. But the fact that like I went to their cubby and there was a pair of, pan- of my panties and a baggie was kind of humiliating. I felt like that was a mom fail. Was it like, was it a conservative pair of panties? Was it a... I don't think it was really conservative. I was younger. And so, I mean... So I maybe like a sexy pair of panties a little bit? Kind of. It's kind of, <laughs> yeah. It's embarrassing awesome. for sure. 
So it yeah. wasn't like from the gap. No. No. Right. Okay. Got it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Got it. It was enough that it was embarrassing that I pulled out this baggie and then I'm like, going to like, and just thinking like, what are all their thoughts about the fact that I packed my panties? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then what I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at you, but that's kind of funny. I mean, I'm sure I'll think of a million more, but another one is my kids went to a school where they had to wear uniforms. Uh-huh. And I just remember I like every once in a while they would have dress down day yeah, And I would pull up and Cameron, cause he's the oldest, we would pull up and all the kids were outside before school started, like out on the playground and all the kids would be in like jeans and shorts. And oh no. Act- and you forgot. And, and he would be in his uniform and I would be like, oh my gosh. And we would race home and like change his clothes, go back to school. And I just remember this is like the fourth time that happened. And we pulled up and all the kids were in regular clothes. And Cameron was like, it's okay, mom. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he just like jumped out of the car. But that was a mom. That's a mom fail for sure. Oh my God. And like some, the times that my mom would do stuff like that, I would be so upset sometimes with my mom. Yeah. When I'm she sure. would mom fail. And I, now as an adult, I'm just like, oh God, I should have given my mom a little slack. But that's not how your kid's brain works. Your kid's brain is like, what is my day going to be like? I'm hoping that when my kids get older, I think Kenzie already has this, but I'm hoping for Cameron, Emerson, and Mason that they look back and they're like, wow, she was like doing all the things and trying really hard. And you know what I mean? Yeah. What I'm hoping. No, from the kid's perspective, you know, when my mom would do something, would forget something like that or forget my backpack, like I would be like, but my day, you know, I'd be thinking about how hard my day would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My mom would also, you know, order at McDonald's or Wendy's and she would have so much in her mind. She would just take off without getting the food. Yeah. Have you done that? Funny. Oh yeah, for sure. I've definitely pulled away without food. Um, it's so funny. This is not what we're talking about right now, but one of the things I loved, I remember one of our sitters that watched Cameron and Kenzie when they were little, she told their kids. Now, listen, we also live in Ohio. I feel like you got, you probably, you're, you're bean will probably never have a happy meal because you're healthy and all things, but. Oh no, I I went to Wendy's today. She wanted fries. Okay. So her kids thought that McDonald's never had French fries because she wouldn't let them get French fries. So when she would pull up, she would say like, oh my gosh, McDonald's doesn't have fries again today. Oh my God, that's amazing. And so I remember being with her kids and saying something about French fries and they're like, yeah, but McDonald's never has fries. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And and they were like, no, we go there all the time and they, they just are always out of fries. And I was like, what? And then I realized that she told the kids that McDonald's never had French fries. And I was like, that is brilliant. It's but brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely pulled away without food. Um, I took Mason to theater camp the other day and we were part of the way there. And I realized I had left his packed lunch in the fridge. So I drove through Tim Hortons and got him a bagel and a water <laughs> so that he would have something during lunch at theater camp. 
Oh, man. You name it, I've done it. Well, what happened the other day, we'll tell our listeners. Basically, Kelly is in Ohio, but today she's in Dallas, and we're scheduling a recording with someone else who lives in Ohio, and I'm in LA. What did I do? I did the opposite, and I told you 5 p.m. I put on my calendar 8 p.m., and I put on the the guest calendar 8 p.m. Eastern. That's what happened. Because my brain was, was a scrambled egg. Which is what your brain is when you're a parent. I was just like, I I can't like, so basically I was like, I have to put us all in one text and put all the times down because somebody will catch the mistake because I'm going to make it. So let's have somebody catch it. Cause this whole, like me telling her one thing and me telling you one thing, like who's going to catch that mistake? No one's going to catch it. So, right. So the, the mom fail that I had the other day that inspired this podcast was, okay, so I have two laundry bins, one in the closet and one in the bathroom so that when I give the bean her bath at night, I just strip everything off and put it in the laundry basket. And I strip my own clothes off, put it in that laundry basket. And so I did that for a couple of days and then I go to put the laundry in, I dump it all in, blah, blah, blah. The next morning I open it to go dry everything and it's got this entire schmear of like white crumbly mess all over the inside mm-hmm. of the thing because I washed a diaper. Now, yeah. not a dirty diaper, not a poop, poopy diaper, but like a pee diaper. So the pee is not the problem. It's all the little things that are in diapers nowadays that absorb all that pee. I don't even know what it is, but it just comes out like a crumbly gel situation, right? Yeah. It's all those little beans. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, what do I do? So I basically kill like a half a roll of toilet uh, paper towels, wiping out just like the schmear on this. Okay. So I wipe out all the schmear and then... I take each little pair of shorts and each little tank top, completely shake it out, and then put it in the dryer. I decided that rewashing it was not a good idea, so I shuck everything out, put it in the dryer, and then, okay, and then at the end, now I've got all these crumbles, but no clothes in there, and so I wipe, I'm like on a step stool, like half my body in, because, you know, now washers nowadays are huge, and so I'm like scooping it out. And then I wait for it to all to dry. And then I go back in with the vacuum, vacuum it all out, and then oh do a Clorox, Clorox wipe on everything. The fact that it took me 45 minutes total to clean up the mess that I shouldn't have made. Like, I don't have that time. <laughs> right. And I know it's something easy to do. It's a very easy thing to do. Like, all the... All the dirty clothes. Just yeah, yeah. So how what did what did Asa think about this? So Asa was like, I asked him. I was like, how do I get the rest out? He's like, oh, just vacuum it. You, he's like, I don't think you have to work that hard. Like I I think that like 
like, I don't know where the mysterious stuff goes in a washing machine, like hair and stuff. Like it goes somewhere, right? right? Yes. So he's like, I don't think it's a big deal. It's like anything else that kind of gets into our clothes, right? I was like, I don't know. Anyways, I was just irritated at myself. Because it's more work. Yeah. And it was like, I was doing my laundry that late at night to save time the next day. Yeah. And to like create 45 minutes more work for myself because I didn't catch that there was a diaper in there. I'm like, oh. Not amazing. What the hell? Not amazing. That's so terrible. And one day you will tell her the story. (laughs) You know, and then I've got, you know, less than two-year-olds. So I make this, I make this white rice and chicken and she, she took her, she takes her hand. She's sitting on my lap. Yeah. So little bean takes her hand and she grabs a fistful of rice. By the way, it's way too much rice for her mouth, but she does it pretty quick. So she grabs it and just shoves it in her mouth. It's kind of hilarious. She's got all this white rice and she's trying to chew it. And then of course she realizes that she's bitten off more. She can more than she can chew, which isn't that a metaphor for life. I think it yeah. is. So, yeah. <laughs> so she like starts like crumbling it in her hand and just spitting it out like all over her, her little shirt and diaper and then all over the couch. This is like yesterday. Yeah. So sticky white rice, it's sticky. It's like really sticky. So I can't even get it off her hands. Like I can't get it off the couch. I finally decide to just take it all and try to like brush it all off the couch onto the floor. And then my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to let it dry a little bit. Then I'm going to vacuum it up because right now it'll just stick to the inside of the vacuum. Right. And then Asa comes home and he is like deathly afraid of any bugs in the house. Okay. So he's like, no, we get, we have to vacuum it now. I was like, 10 minutes will not change anything. He's like, no, now. So he gets the vacuum and he sucks it all up. And I'm thinking it's probably like all inside, like the rotators, I'm telling you, I don't know. I'm also not that stressed about it. Right. I don't, I don't have old enough kids to have the type of fail where I like put them in the wrong clothes and drop them off to school, which I'm sure. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming because my brain already has way less capacity. I feel like than it used to. And then I'm trying to put more in it. Like I'm trying to put way more in it than I did before. Yeah. And that's who you are as a person. So, yeah, I mean, listen, the crazy thing about it is, which you probably, I think are even more of a perfect perfectionist than I am, but it's not like I want to drop my kid off in the wrong outfit. Of course. But they think it's like, they think you, I mean, with all things, like I used to say to my kids all the time, do you think I'm trying to ruin your life? Because I'm actually not like, yeah. That's not my main goal is to ruin what's happening in your life. But they I think sometimes they think that. Or maybe they feel like out of control themselves because they can't control the things that you're doing for them. Yeah. I feel like everybody we have on here that has kids, I think that we should make it a point to ask them for one parent fail. I love that. I think we should do that because I think it'll make people feel like they're not alone. I feel like every single time I do something small that makes me feel like I messed up, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the light stuff. You gotta, you gotta be light with it. 
I also have been feeling this way recently. So it's hot out here in LA. We don't have the humidity that you guys have, but it's been like, if you go outside, it's not the best. Like you don't want to be out there to play. It's too hot. But she's stuck in the house with me for most of the day. And she now knows how to say side, 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 side. And she just says that constantly because she wants to go outside. She just doesn't. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Side, side, side. And she'll take her little um, hoodie and bring it to you because she somehow correlates that with going outside. Oh my gosh. Because when it was colder, yeah. And she's got little, like I bought her like little Birkenstock, fake Birkenstocks. And she'll like yeah. bring the shoes over and put it all in front of me. This is so funny. It's so cute. But besides the fact that it's really hot, I have a shitload of stuff to do. I have time. Right. Now, I do take like 15 minute breaks and like lay on the floor with her and stretch and read her books and stuff. So it's not that I'm not, it's not that I'm not engaging with her, but I'm having some serious mom guilt around not being like a better homeschool teacher. Not that I'm trying to be, but you know, kids who go to preschool in a Montessori, they've got crafts, they've got painting, they go and run outside for a half an hour, you know, they've got all these activities I feel like one of the biggest things about being a mom is mom guilt. And I feel like you have to learn the sooner you can let go of that, the better. Because it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't make you a better mom. It only just puts pressure and guilt on you. And so you just got to let it go. And I'm one of these people who sees the forest through the trees. Like I know, I know that rationally. Yeah. And I asked my mom, did you feel bad? Of course, I grew up in the 80s. So of course the answer is no. I was like, did you feel bad when you're working all the time and we had to like entertain ourselves? And she's like, no, (laughs) just flat out. No. And I was like, really? She's like, I don't have time for that. No. So funny. And I was like, oh, she's like, don't worry about it. I was like, should I put her in preschool early so she gets arts and crafts time? Blah, blah, blah. And my mom's like, why? She's not even two yet. You're home. You can spend this time with her. You know? But I'm having the same feeling but opposite of my sister because my sister has a 40-hour-a-week nanny and she has since my niece has been two months old and my sister works from home, but she's doing a full eight to nine-hour a day no breaks. She's not interacting with her kid. Like the nanny is there for her. Right. And my sister would ask me like, do you think it's worse that I'm physically there and not emotionally or, you know, that I'm not there there? I'm like, I don't know. Is it? (sighs) Yeah. Listen, I think that it's the same. Like I think about this all the time, but like all parents are just figuring it out and doing the best that they can. And I think, I mean, listen, I've heard this multiple times, but I feel like I've always heard it's better for you to give your kids 20 minutes of your undivided attention and just all in for 20 minutes than to feel like all day you're giving them a little bit of you 
but yeah. you're actually working, you're actually on the phone, you're actually doing whatever. Um, and if you can give them moments of undivided attention, it goes a long way. Okay, well, I'll, I'll stick with my 15-minute rolling on the floor with her breaks for sure yeah. then. Listen, I love that. So I'm just going to have to give myself some grace. And then when I do take those moments with her to actually really take it. Yes. But I did not expect that mom guilt to hit me so hard in the face, like continually every day when I'm like trying to get all my work done. And, you know, she just wants more of me. I, listen, I don't know. people like that and Emerson and Mason are nine and 11, but it's summer yeah. break. And like I get up and I have to work and I'm on calls. And yeah. I also think it's super good. I do. Now, listen, I'm not saying that I didn't wish that there were things that I did differently or that I could give kid, my kids more of my time or whatnot. Um, but I also think it's good for kids to learn and be independent and understand that, you know, parents have to do this, that, and the other and do work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did Tammy Longenberger say? Like if they can do it themselves? Yeah. If they can, yep. Make it, if they're capable of doing it themselves, they should do it themselves. And I actually just listened to her her episode again. Cause I don't know. I was just in the car and I was like, you know what? I feel like listening to that again. And I heard that again. I was like, Oh, such a good thing to keep reminding myself of. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. For sure. And it's so funny because in my mind it was going to be called weekly roundup strip clubs and mom fails. <laughs> it's, like, it's so clear. It's like, okay, that's what it I, is. I love it. I think, I think that's what it should be called. <laughs> I mean, it's like, we can't ever take ourselves too seriously. Jesus, you totally, know, totally. Okay. You have an amazing day. I know life is crazy. So you'll see Mason's pictures of his theater, his first, he has to wear a headset. He's supposed to be on vocal rest right now. What? Wow. It's his first play. And I is think he, like, is he nervous? How is he dealing with it? He's not nervous. <gasps> I love it. Which makes me feel nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's okay. The mom is always supposed to be nervous, right? Yeah. Well, I get to see it like six times this weekend. Just so you know, there's a matinee tomorrow. Oh, okay. Sunday, one on Sunday night. You know what? I feel like... Unlike the dancers in Columbus, your son is going to have a really good approval rating for the amazing performance that's about to happen. I feel I like it's going to be really wait. well you'll accepted. See you'll see pictures soon. Well, what is it called? Well, um, not well absorbed. Well, I don't know. That's mom brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's the word? <gasps> well received. Well received. There you go. His performance is going to be well received. That's what it is. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you go to our show notes, there's a link there. You can subscribe to our list and you'll get breaking news whenever we have it. Thanks so much to Asa Watkins for post-production. And if you would honor us with a five-star rating and a review anywhere you get your podcasts, it really helps others find this podcast easier. You can always find us on Instagram at Grand Rev Creative. And thanks for being here with us. You've been listening to Greener Grass.
have to go to my parents and then go right to the play. You know what I'm saying. Okay, well, at least you can get your makeup done. Um, what I was thinking? Not like I even put very much makeup on, but I look like I flew at 6.50. Well, you definitely do much more than I ever do because I never wear makeup anymore for any reason. You have perfect skin. You don't even need to wear makeup. Well, I, I do have to admit that that's not really part of my thought process. Like, I don't think about these things, but um, that's probably part of the reason why I don't think about these things. So you, you always look gorgeous. I do have to say, though, in your video interview... I was like, damn, that girl is hot. Because when you don't wear makeup and then all of a sudden you have you wear makeup, a little bit of makeup, <laughs> you're like a celebrity. You know what I mean? You know, you set people's expectations low and it all goes out, works out way better. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. So.